Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. But it's not Matt and Tommy. It's Katie and Tommy. Welcome Katie Fairman. Thank you very much. Hi. It uh, feels weird to be back recording a podcast with you, but um, yeah, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. You're very welcome. It's very weird to feel so nostalgic about it when it's been like five months, if that. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people it's think so the true. same. Uh, mm. For those that don't know you, should probably, you know, there will be the odd person that may not know, be like, who's this person? Um, so who are you, Katie? Who are you? Well, um, I used to work with Matt and Tommy in our previous venture. So that's where lots of people might know me from. But uh, I'm a motorsport journalist, writer, all that kind of stuff. I've also got my own podcast. And yeah, I write about Formula One, Formula E, all that good stuff. And uh, I'm really bad at doing elevator pitches. So there we go. <laughs> um, right, let's get into FP1. Although there wasn't really much of an FP1. Um, what a session it was. We had Pierre Gasly breaking down immediately, causing a red flag. And then we were about to get running again. And then there was a weird issue with the CCTV, which meant there was absolutely no running at all. Have you ever seen anything like it? Well, I can't remember which Grand Prix it was at a few years ago, but I'm sure we had something similar with a GPS issue where the GPSs weren't running, so they had to red flag the session. So we've sort of had like a tease of that before, but nothing quite as extreme as what we saw in FP1 because it was like, I think, was it 56 minutes of the session or 54 minutes of the session were just completely red flagged. So a, a, a real shame. And I think... A lot of people, obviously, fans are getting a bit agitated because they've paid good money to be in those seats and they haven't seen any action. Um, but even the comms teams were getting involved on Sky that I was listening to saying, oh, come on, just you should get going. But um, I can see why the FIA did what it did. You know, you get these cool shots of the control rooms that all of the FIA work from and they have to rely on a lot of CCTV around the circuit so they can check that everything's in order, that some... I don't know, Groundhog hasn't like gone and made its bed in the middle of the circuit <laughs> and they've got to somehow red flag the session because it's not being picked up on TV direction. So they've got to keep an eye on all sort of areas of the circuit. And with that being down, I can see why they might be a cause for concern, but it meant that, it, that nothing blooming happened. I know, right? Yeah, I, I think it was Australia, I want to say, that had the GPS issue um, this year. Uh, but but like you say, that was all of a, f a few minutes, uh, whereas this actually meant there was absolutely no running at all, which was, yeah, I don't remember uh, anything like this. Normally, you know, you get uh, sessions um, sort of 
red flagged and cancelled because of weather, but never a CCTV issue. Uh, it seems very strange for the pinnacle of motorsport, but uh, like you say, I think it is the right choice um, that they did it because you know they do have to prioritise safety. Uh, you're joking about groundhogs, but I guess even though it'd be a very rare or an extreme thing, but you know, only takes some like one idiot to run on the track or something or whatever. And if they can't pick it up, you know, they have to think about these things. So I understand why they did it. Um, but speaking of groundhogs, that was pretty much the only thing that happened. Uh, uh, you put a great tweet out saying that uh, FP1 was basically a nature documentary. Yeah, thank you very much for the approval of my tweets. Um, yeah, we saw lots of different groundhogs. I'm sure there was a shot where they were like five of them just chilling on a corner all by themselves. And I'm becoming quite emotionally invested in these groundhogs, I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm going to be having stern words if any of these drivers get near these groundhogs is all I'm going to say because there is definitely some sort of emotional attachment forming to them. I'm beginning to think, do we do we name them or is that a dangerous game? You know, oh, Gary no. the Groundhog or something like that, you know. But, um, yeah, they are adorable, but they've got blimmin' nerves of steel. They're just chilling at the side of the track and just don't seem to care. We've seen it a few times over recent seasons that they have just no fear and they'll run onto the track in front of an F1 car. Either they have no fear or there's just not much going on upstairs. But either way, they are a real staple of the circuit, but it does give me quite like a lot of anxiety seeing them being so close to the track. <laughs> Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? There's no other circuit that consistently has animals just roaming around and it's just part of it. It seems to happen every year. You at least see one every year, but uh, I think we saw a lot more than normal just from the fact that nothing happened. But what did happen is uh, a few people did a lap. Uh, There's only 12 cars that actually did a flying lap. One of them was Valtteri Bottas, who was fastest in FP1. Um, is he the goat or was it just because he was the only person that did uh, a proper lap? Uh, I'm thinking the latter. <laughs> no, I think I think he's the goat. I think you've got the, the mullet is looking as beautiful as ever. And he's got a snazzy little helmet this weekend with groundhogs, beavers. I don't know. There's Every single year when we come to Canada, there's always debates about what these animals are called. And I don't want to get too political because some people might be really particular about naming these animals but yeah he's got a, a funky helmet design this weekend but um it was certainly an interesting top three we had both Aston Martins in there as well Lance Stroll up in P2 you just think Lawrence Stroll's probably just got a screenshot of that in his office and he's like <laughs> that's that's my weekend done just tell everybody that was the result for the whole thing and we can I mean, go home. that would be quite the race if it was a bot astral one two <laughs> uh on sunday but uh we'll have to wait and see on that one uh on to fp2 then uh a session that was strangely extended by 30 minutes just because fp1 didn't happen now are you, do you think that was a good idea i mean it's very unusual for formula one to do that because they're very much uh they're very extreme when it comes to the scheduling, aren't they? And it's got to be exactly as it is and broadcasting and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I personally think fair play to them for adding an extra 30 minutes, even though you could argue that we don't want practice running uh, because it makes the racing better. But uh, on this occasion, you do have to feel sorry for the fans that basically got to see nothing uh, at the start uh, of the session. And 
another thing actually what i just mentioned when i just said that is the fact that the cctv actually took so long to clear up that i think the support races and stuff as well were like couldn't happen and stuff they only just got it sort of ready for for fp2 which is fortunate especially when they are doing it 30 minutes early as well yeah, no, I saw a tweet from Jamie Price, who's an amazing photographer, um, and he said, yeah, that the CCTV issue wasn't really fixed about an hour or maybe even like less than that before FB2. But yeah, completely fair play to F1 and the FIA for sort of moving things around. They've got quite a strict rule where there's only a certain amount of allocated time that you're allowed in between sessions. So from FP1 to FP2 and then also FP2 to FP3 and so on. Um, so, you know, they were able to take a look at the schedule and move th- some things around. Um, but I'm glad they did because we've got lots of teams that are only going to get a certain amount of dry running this weekend because tomorrow, hopefully, is going to be raining, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but also, we've got some rookies on this grid that have never driven here before. Oscar Piastri, Logan Sargent, the likes of those two um, really need that uh, time on the track. And also, we've had so many upgrades this weekend. So getting some dry running with those is is important for the teams. Um, but yeah, it was, I don't know, it felt like quite nostalgic having a 90 minute session. I quite liked it. Uh, speaking of nostalgic, it was a Mercedes one, two as well. Uh, Hamilton from Russell, are Mercedes back or was it just, um, you know, (laughs) a strange session? I I saw an interview with, uh, was it James Allison? I think saying that, um, they're not back. It was very much, <laughs> sorry to burst the bubble, but uh, it seemed like the, he was saying that, you know, uh, it was a good session, but uh, in a normal session, they wouldn't have been one to. And Mercedes do love to uh, top a practice session and big up the, the Mercedes are back hype. Yeah, he was very much keeping his cards close to his chest. Some people, if they put their cards one, two, would be, you know, flouncing around. Oh, yeah, we did really well. Blah, blah. And he, he was just be like, yeah, it was more luck than anything kind of vibe. But um, he said that the cars, they set their times, their fast times earlier on in the session compared to their rivals. And then the end of the session was a bit chaotic because the heavens opened and it was crazy rain. So basically they got their their good quality times uh, in a sensible time which is why they were one two um but yeah I mean this you can take some positives I think from that definitely I'm not going to say that we're going to get a Mercedes one two this weekend but it's certainly not gonna dampen any spirits in the Mercedes garage by having that result um no although I have right? been surprised <laughs> yeah oh, look at me go um but yeah that both Mercedes drivers were saying how bumpy the track was which I thought was quite yeah, an interesting comment so yeah who uh, knows? Was it the commentators were saying that the they've never really noticed it and I, I don't think it's ever been that much of an issue but I think it's Jensen Button saying like it was looked like an IndyCar circuit the amount they were like bumping around and stuff which is a bit a bit weird normally that's kind of Mercedes big problem uh but they seemed all right I've got a question from Game Over Penguin that says are Ferrari and Mercedes actually cooking or will it be another weekend where it looks close in practice and quality only for Red Bull to win by 30 light years on Sunday what do we reckon I think well we had a uh, a chart you know how f1 like to do the split times and there was one of science versus verstappen and science was looking pretty good 
Um, I know this is a circuit that he came so close to getting his first win at last year. Fortunately for him, he was able to do it the next race in Silverstone. But I think Sainz is somebody who you should really keep an eye out for this weekend. He seems to be pretty comfortable with it. And if the, the car can get into a good window, tie deg doesn't seem to be as much of an issue here. Maybe this could be a good chance for, for Ferrari and Sainz. Um, but the reality is Max Verstappen probably end up winning by 20 seconds on Sunday. So why are we even having these conversations? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, uh, the Red Bulls didn't look like they were really uh, pushing uh, or, or, you know, going for a, a blistering lap like we normally see maybe. Um, I think it's interesting that this person's mentioned about Ferrari and Mercedes because the big challenges, uh, if you listen to them, is Aston Martin because they are hyping themselves a lot uh, with these new upgrades, do we think can Aston actually catch Red Bull? And I can't believe you know this is the first time we've done a, a podcast together all year. But could you have ever imagined we having this conversation <laughs> after last year and a sort of roasting uh, Alonso's move to Aston Martin, thinking what has he done? And uh, wild, could they be it? the biggest challengers? Um. We'll have to wait and see. They seem to have had quite a lot of significant upgrades onto the car. And although that might seem great on paper, that's a lot of new pieces to sort of get used to, get to grips with. It's very unlikely that, you know, you can change so many elements of a car and every single one of them is going to work in perfect harmony and you're going to be a rocket ship and, you know, doing lapping Max Verstappen by lap. 12 or something but um yeah we'll have to wait and see they've obviously not just quietly confident but also just generally very confident with with what they've got there um and we'll have to have to wait and see but they seem to have apart from the uh second and third that they got in the very weird fp1 session there, there wasn't anything that I saw in FP2 that I was like, oh, wow, okay, I'm putting all my money on Lance Stroll <laughs> victory here or something like yeah. that. But maybe they're just being, you know, a little bit sneaky, seeing what's what's available, making sure not to bin it, and uh, maybe they'll bring it tomorrow. We know Alonso and Stroll are both very, very good in the wet, so maybe we could get an Aston Martin front row lockout. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, Fernando Alonso last year, of course, in the Alpine, uh, got a front row. So what could he do in an Aston Martin? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Speaking of rain, um, there was a 40% chance of rain in FP2, and it felt like 
we got constant radio messages saying every 10 minutes, oh, it's going to rain, it's going to rain. And to be fair, it got very dark, like loads of black clouds everywhere. And then it absolutely threw it down with about two minutes to go. Um, I'm sure you'll agree that if that was the race, they'd have red flagged it because it was absolutely, you know, apocalyptic rain. Um, do you reckon we'll see some rain in quali? If we do, please don't be that much because if if it is, we'll be waiting around a lot because they won't be going out in that. That's true. Yeah, with the circuit, like thoughts and prayers with everybody at the hairpin because my goodness it bucketed it down there it was yeah. insane we even saw Bottas have an aquaplane moment where he nearly went into one of the Ferraris which was very close um but yeah it will be an interesting one I I like you say I hope it doesn't rain that much but at certain parts of the track there was a few spots of rain like when we had the cars in this huge I don't even know how to explain it like where it was so wet and it was just you couldn't see what was going on. No, and that then you picture cut to of science, wasn't it? Lane. Yeah. You and you couldn't cut, see him cut at all. The pit lane and there's just a few drops of rain there. So it just shows like how crazy the weather conditions can be at that circuit. But rain normally plays a factor into these weekends, despite us doing it in the middle of summer. Um, we've seen a lot of wet weather races and sessions there. Like you say, only qualifying last year, we had exactly the same. And that caught out a lot of big people including the likes of Sergio Perez you know where he managed to bin it I think it was in mm. like maybe Q2 maybe or Q1 and had to do that walk back through the, yeah what, it's he like does, a jungle he does not need that for a third race in a row not getting into a Q3 um no. so yeah uh, it's it's weird you mentioned that because I, I hadn't really thought about that that the the whole thing with the pit lane being dry because to me that is so weird because Montreal is such a short track. You know, it's a one minute 10. You, you see it at Spa and you kind of understand because it's a massive track. We saw it at Le Mans, uh, you know, recently that you have part of the circuit that's wet and a part dry because, you know, it's a massive circuit and there's different parts. But that was really bizarre that it only seemed to just be this one concentrated cloud on the hairpin that just absolutely <laughs> yeeted it down. Um, I mean, that would make for a brilliant brilliant race if it's just one corner that's <laughs> completely wet and then we just have to see if they survive on on uh dry tires um a couple more things alpine's reliability what on earth was going on with them uh gasly came straight out of the pits and fp1 broke down ocon didn't even make it out of the pits um and then he did an fp2 and broke down again really strange one when this year reliability has been so good um, yeah, Alpine just seems to be the car just falling apart. Weird. It was very, very weird. Like you said, very uncharacteristic, at least for this season for Alpine. Um, but yeah, it doesn't seem to be that like the issues that Pierre had in FP1 were the same as Esteban. Esteban apparently had a suspected loss of water pressure with his car. And so he was told to stop. And actually, from what we saw on TV broadcast is the perfect example of how team radio and what we see sometimes on TV is really out of sync because you might see an incident and think, oh, their team radio was a bit unnecessary for like that thing. But 
with what we saw on the, the national or international feeds today with Esteban, is they were like, stop the car, stop the car, stop the car. And then they go to a shot of him and you can hear he's like shifting up and going full speed. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's clearly not synced up well. But yeah, um, don't know what Alpine are, have done. What You know, have they walked under some ladders, maybe broken some mirrors? Because their luck was just awful today. Um, but hopefully they'll be able to bring the challenge to tomorrow and Sunday and put these days behind them. Fingers crossed, eh? Uh, I'm going to leave you with one. I want one bold prediction from you for qualifying. Oh, I saw this as well and I didn't think of one. You didn't think of anything. This is, this is instead of final thoughts, see. I thought I'd go for this instead. Yeah, this is good. Um, I will go, seeing as I was singing his praises earlier, I'll say Carlos Sainz, second row. That's a bold prediction. Okay, interesting. Um, amazing. And the good thing is I can roast you about it on Sunday if you're right or wrong because you'll be joining us, uh, well, joining me uh, for the watch along. Matt will be on a flight apparently. Um, so I'm very much expecting the craziest race of the year. Loads of carnage, uh, probably a Ferrari 1-2, Leclerc winning, uh, and Matt will be on a plane um yeah it's going to be good looking forward to uh the watch along with you on sunday exciting times it is it's going to be just like old times it's going to be great good stuff and uh yeah tomo is joining me tomorrow for the qualifying podcast and watch along um you know what just to be annoying Final thoughts, Katie. I knew you were going to do that. That's <laughs> so cruel. My final thought, actually, is going to be thank you to everybody that left such sweet messages when you found out I was going to be on the podcast and watch along. So I've seen a lot of them. And uh, yes, it warms my cold, cold heart. No, I don't have a cold heart. I'd like to think I don't have a cold heart. But <laughs> um, yeah, it was so nice. So thank you very much for wanting me back and accepting me on the on the pod replacing Matt this weekend or covering, I should say, not replacing. He might get a bit touchy about me saying I'm <laughs> going to replace him. P1 no, with Tommy and Katie coming soon. <laughs> yeah, I'll change the logo and he'll come back and he'll be like, wait, what's going on here? Um, yeah, no, it's great to, great to have you back. It's been great to have you on the pod. And yeah, uh, look forward to Sunday. I'm sure a lot of people uh, will be buzzing that you're back uh because yeah had a lot of lots of messages um and uh also clears up any wild conspiracy theories that we uh fell out and uh don't speak which is obviously not true because uh for any any doubt um you know we probably speak just as much as we did when we were working together to be honest it's true i was going to make a cheeky joke then to be like did you hear from my lawyers about the fact that i don't want to speak to you after this podcast but i was like no because people will take this the wrong way and be like, oh my gosh she's got lawyers and all this but yeah it's fine it's we're we're just as good friends as we were my little bestie good. over there frederick besties right good times <laughs> bye, okay. bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.